Hi, this is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. It really is a joy and a privilege to be up here again and to open the Word of God. And we've been looking through the book of Proverbs this summer. We've seen that wisdom can be found and we can grow in wisdom. And this morning we're going to talk about wisdom as it pertains to the family. Family is so important to God. He came up with the idea. He designed the concept of the family. And because he designed it, he knows how the family works the best. And so this morning, we're going to specifically talk about this idea of family as it relates to raising children. And before you you mentally check out, and maybe you're here and you go, oh, I don't have kids yet, so I don't have to listen today. Hold on. Hang in there with me. Okay. We're going to look at Proverbs 22, verse 6, and we're going to see that every believer has a responsibility to help point children to Jesus. Whether you're a grandparent, a parent, an aunt, an uncle, a neighbor, a godparent, a friend, a teacher, a camp worker, youth leader, serving the kids gathering. If you are a Christian, whoever interacts with children, whoever will interact with children, this message is actually for you. So I invite you to turn with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 22. We're going to look at verse 6 this morning. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So we're going to begin by honing in on that first word of the first verse. Train. Train up. Train. When we think about training, you probably understand that involves striving. Whether it's for a triathlon or training for a promotion at work, there's, there's effort involved. There's dedication. There's commitment. There's hard work for training anything, but particularly training up children. That's the first point this morning, is that parenting is hard work. Some of you maybe just muttered amen in there. Parenting is hard work. It's tough, tough slugging, and it can seem overwhelming at times. You can be just utterly exhausted, and you think, you know what, Lord, I just need one good night's sleep this week. Please, tonight, one good night's sleep. And, of course, that's the night where one kid has a bad dream. And then two hours later, another kid wets the bed. And on and on it goes, and you just go, oh, I'm exhausted. I'm a a father of three young kids, soon to be four, and I often tell people who don't have kids, if I, I meet them, I say, parenting is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, but it's also the best thing. There's this tension. It is so difficult. It's so challenging, but it's incredibly rewarding on the other end as well. And so as a church here at The Gathering, we want to be people as one large family of God that are supporting families, helping families as much as we can. And we may not be able to do everything for every family, but one thing that we're going to be doing coming up in the month of November, you probably don't want to think about November yet, but we're going to be hosting a parenting conference right here. Uh, We're going to have video streaming from Paul Tripp. He's going to be teaching us for a weekend. More information coming up on that in the coming weeks, but just remember, November parenting conference here. We'll be excited about that. But back to training children being hard work. Scripture tells us one of the reasons why it's so difficult. So we're in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. But if you go down to verse 15 of chapter 22, there's a reason. And it says that kids are are foolish. Verse 15. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. 
Folly is bound up in the heart of a child. Children are naturally foolish. They're naturally sinful. We're born. Every one of us are born sinful. I know your kids are cute, but they're born sinful. They're born selfish. You don't have to train up a child to be foolish. You don't have to train up a child to be sinful and selfish. They do that on their own. You have to train up a child to do the opposite, to pursue wisdom, to pursue God. And it is hard, hard work. So if you are a parent here this morning, can I please urge you, train up your kids. Be involved. Be active in their lives. Please don't hit the coast button, the autopilot button. Don't leave your kids to their own devices. Get involved. I know it's tiring. I know it's confusing. I know there's moments where you're totally overwhelmed and you feel like you want to just give up and throw up your arms and run out of the house or hide in the bathroom and just cry. I know. I've been there. I won't tell you which one, but I've been there. And I'll probably be there again. I know. But keep going. Don't stop. Press on. If nothing else, think of the long-term benefits of training up your children. Think about the kind of man or woman that they will be. Think about the kind of spouse that they could be, the kind of parent or grandparent that they could be. Think long term. Press on. Pray for wisdom. Pray for patience. Lean on the Lord for strength and grace. But keep training your kids. Keep training your teens. It's going to be worth it. And I want to talk for just a second about the differences between children. So it says you know, train up a child in the way they should go. We understand that children, we all have the same core needs. There's a universal system of of core needs, but each child is different. We we know that. Every child is different. There's no cookie-cutter way to completely train up every single child in the same area. There's different personalities, different learning styles, all those kinds of variables. So I think about my own kids, our oldest. She is so different then our middle child and our youngest, oh my goodness, completely different ball game. And who knows what number four is going to be like. And so we need wisdom from the Lord to call out and say, help us to train up each one of these children uh, as they learn different ways. So the wise parent is going to customize their parenting as needed. So please pursue that. And however you customize your training, can I ask, make sure you teach them about the Lord Whatever you train them up in, teach them about the Lord. We, it's so natural for us to train up our children in all kinds of other things, good things, things that they need to know, life skills, manners, athletics, arts, music, all these types of things. That's fine. Absolutely do that. But don't neglect God. Don't neglect his word. God actually commands us as his people to teach children in Deuteronomy Chapter 6, so if you're going to flip there, it's the fifth book of the Bible all the way near the front. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Chapter 6, verse 4 to 9. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Verse 7, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. 
Deuteronomy 6.4 is commanding us to talk about the Lord, to talk about His Word, incorporate it into the daily rhythms of life, when you're sitting, when you're talking, when you're up, when you're down, when you're left, when you're right. And here's the reality. Each and every single one of us has the choice to train kids or not. We, we can do. We can choose it. We can say, oh, I'm going to watch another episode on Netflix, or I'm going to stop and, and talk to my kids about the Lord. We can plug into devices as soon as the road trip starts, or we can use that driving time talking about the Lord, talking about memorizing scripture verses. There's, there's songs that you can sing. Uh, seeds, family worship, seeds like a, like a plant seed, seeds, family worship, great stuff where you can, it's actually just memory verses put to songs and you can learn it. Our kids, man, they know verses because they can sing them. Great time in the car, got nowhere else to go. We're going to listen to the Bible, might as well do that. But we can choose to do that. We can choose to stop and pray for and with our children throughout the day, whether that's mealtimes, bedtimes, other times, or we can choose to just let a day happen. We can do that. We can choose to sleep in on Sunday morning and not bring our kids to church, or we can choose to say, man, I'm tired, man, they're tired, this is a hassle, but with joy, believing that there's something important that our kids need to learn, there's something important that I need to learn, we're going to worship together, we're going to go. You can choose to do that. And can I say that while we all have a responsibility to train up kids, be sure that you're in training for yourself. Don't neglect your own training, your own prayer life, your own scripture reading, getting involved in a small group, being discipled, serving, giving, discipling others, evangelizing. Because here's the deal. Kids are always watching. We need to set an example before them. Whether you're their parent or not, kids can tell if what you're saying and what you're doing is, is genuine or not. Is, is their faith a, a one hour on a Sunday morning kind of deal that, that they just kind of go through? Or is this an authentic, a genuine desire to trust the Lord each and every day? Kids can figure that out, and they're watching. They're watching all of us to see, is this thing actually real? Is Jesus actually worth serving, worth believing in? They're watching Grandparents, friends, aunts, uncles, you can help supplement the efforts of the parents. You've heard the phrase, it takes a village to raise a child. We can be a loving and supportive village. The church should be the epitome of the best village, the best environment to raise children. What, and there's so many ways you could do that. If, it, you know, if it's a young family, you could introduce yourself and maybe offer uh, an evening of child care. Maybe they could have a date night or an afternoon to just go somewhere and nap. I don't know. There's lots of things that you could do on that. But one thing, here's a real practical one. It's going to happen today. It's going to happen in, in like half an hour. So get ready for this one. When the service ends and there's that nameless child who's running around who beats you to the snack table and eats all the Timbits before you get one and, and is running and weaving while you're trying to have a conversation, you're trying to have a coffee and they're bumping into you, you have a choice. You can be angry with them and they may need some correction, gentle, or you can choose to pray for them. Man, that kid just bumped into me. I'm tempted to kick them. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pray for them. Because here's the thing. That wild kid who's running around hopped up on Timbits, 
pray for them. We don't know what they could be. They could be the next Garth Lino. <laughs> Think about that. The next time you get frustrated with that little kid, you go, they could be the next senior pastor of, of a church plant. They could be the next um, missionary that goes and takes the gospel to another land. Think about that. So instead of getting mad, pray for that kid. Even if you don't know their name. We could stop. Hey, what's your name again? Son, daughter, girl, whoever you are. I'm going to pray for you today. Pray for them. Entrust them to the Lord. And that's going to happen, again, in half an hour. So so you're prepared for that. (laughs) Train up a child in the way he should go. Now, there's some, there can be some debate on what that way is, the way they should go. People talk about that, and we can get uh, kind of bogged down in those details. But if we zoom out and take the message of Proverbs as a whole, and we see that there's a constant theme contrasting the way of wisdom and the way of folly that helps us understand. Wisdom, there's great benefits leading eventually to life. Folly, pursuing folly, there's dire consequences eventually leading to death and destruction. So we can conclude, again, taking the book of Proverbs as a whole, the way to go is the way of wisdom for children and adults. And that's, that's the second point this morning, is that wisdom is the way to go. Wisdom is the way to go. We're to set children on the path of wisdom to teach, to train them, run from foolishness, run from sin, run to wisdom, run run to life that's found in God. Matthew Henry has said, Train them not in the way they want to go, for that is the way of a foolish and sinful heart. Train them in the way they should go, the way of wisdom. And as soon as possible, every child should be taught the knowledge of the Savior. We've talked about this summer how Jesus is the wisdom of God. Jesus himself said, I am the way and the truth and the life. John 14, 6. He's the good shepherd. He's the king of kings. He's the savior of the world and our only hope for eternal life. And since Jesus is the wisdom of God and since wisdom is the way that we should be going the wisest thing that we could ever do with any kid is point them to Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. In a recent study, Ed Stetzer found that there were three key factors for teens and young adults who had actually stuck with their faith. You always hear about, oh, kids, they they go to high school, they go to college, they, they abandon their faith. But there's actually a great number who have not abandoned their faith, and he wanted to know what were the contributing factors. Why did they stick around? Why did they continue to love, serve, follow Jesus? The three factors as given by these students themselves. The first one was that they attended a church that helped them uh, understand the Bible and how it is relevant in making wise decisions in life. The second factor is that they had at least one parent in the family who also attended church with them and modeled faith at home, not just at church. And the third factor was they had at least one other adult from church that significantly invested in them personally and spiritually. Someone other than their family took time to disciple them. I'm so thankful that I've had people come into my life, they've taken me under, my, under their wing when I was a teenager, that can be you. That can be you. You can take someone under your wing. Teach them the way of Jesus. In Matthew 28, 19 to 20, Jesus told his disciples, go and make disciples and teach them 
about me. Teach them to follow everything I've commanded you. That includes kids. Making disciples includes kids. Yes, especially of our own household, but all kids. This is why we do things like the kids gathering. This is why we do things like search camp. We want to start it young, sowing the seeds of the gospel early and often, and you can help. You have a role to play. One thing else I want to touch on, the second half of of 22, verse 6, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Remember, Proverbs is talking about general wisdom sayings, general wisdom experiences. This is um, most of the time how it works. Proverbs 22, verse 6 is not a guarantee saying, if you teach your child about Jesus, don't worry, they will automatically grow up to love Jesus, be the perfect kid, and and never, ever uh, stray from church. That's not what Proverbs 22, verse 6 is saying. We cannot guarantee that a kid is going to forever believe in Jesus. As parents, as pastors, as teachers, as invested friends, neighbors, we cannot do that. We can't make our children believe in Jesus. We can't grant salvation to them. Salvation is God's business. He is the one who grants salvation. But what we can do is we can do our very best to show them the way of wisdom. We can do our very best to point them to Jesus and to create environments and and put them in situations where they can hear the gospel, where they can respond to the gospel. Again, a Sunday morning, kids gathering. Again, surge camps, youth groups, retreats, things like that. We can do that. And, And in our homes, we can be talking about the gospel regularly and often. And we can pray. We can pray and pray and pray. God, would you save them? One day would they trust in Jesus? We can do that. We can't guarantee salvation, but we can pray to the one who does give salvation. And teaching the ways of Jesus to children includes everything. His life, his death, his resurrection, the significance of of each, and, and we're going to participate in this tangible reminder of Christ's death for us in a few minutes as we celebrate communion. And so parents, families, again, with children, maybe, maybe young children, what a great opportunity you have this afternoon over lunch or later on to talk about what happens here, to bring them into the conversation. This is who Jesus is. He, he came down from heaven to earth for us. He, and then he, he suffered for us. He gave up his life for us. He was crucified for us. But, but he rose again in victory. And, and, and this is what we were doing. This is why we celebrate communion. We want to remember him. You can have that conversation today with your kids. Overall, like we've said, the most important thing that you can do, whoever you are, again, parent, non-parent, is point kids to Jesus. They desperately need Jesus. We all have that privilege. We all have that responsibility. Let's seize those opportunities. And then let's, let's commit to pray that the Lord will bless and use our efforts to help raise the next generation that would know, love, and serve Jesus Christ. Let's pray for that right now. Father God, we want to thank you for this morning. And we want to thank you for your word. And we thank you that that true wisdom is found in your word. And Father, specifically, I want to pray for every parent that's here this morning. Would your spirit refresh them, motivate them, inspire them, encourage them 
to be people who say, I'm going to train up my kids to the best of my ability. I'm going to point my kids to Jesus. And would you be working in their hearts so that they would also be training up their own selves, that they would be looking to you, growing in their faith? And Father, I want to pray for each and every kid who's in the service here or who's not here this morning, everybody that's represented by our church family, Lord, I ask that you would save them, that they would hear the gospel, that they would respond to the gospel, that they would find forgiveness of sins and life forevermore in your name. I pray that as they grow up, that they would have friends, good Christian friends, who point them to Jesus. And Lord, I pray for everybody here who's, who's not a child, who's not a parent, I pray that you would give us fresh eyes to find creative ways that we can support parents, creative ways that we can love these children and point them to you. Thank you, God, that you are our heavenly Father. You are the best parent. Help us to always look to you as we seek to train up children in the way they should go, the way of wisdom, the way of Jesus Christ. I pray this all in his name. Amen.